Jordan and Jake. Powered by Ortho Carolina. The home stops, he throws it across field. Guess who? Jordan Gross. Here are your Panther Hall of Honor members, Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome. It is Super Bowl week, ladies and gentlemen, which is always a good thing. And I'm Jordan Gross. My partner, Jake DeLome, is with me, and we are powered by Ortho Carolina, the Jordan Jake podcast. Powered by Ortho Carolina. When it comes to your orthopedic care, choose better by choosing Ortho Carolina. With over 40 locations throughout the Carolinas, you're never far from one of the nation's leading providers of care for joints, muscles, and other orthopedic injuries. When things look bad, it's important to know you have a choice, but there's only one better choice Ortho Carolina, official team physician of the Carolina Panthers. Jake, how are we doing, man? I'm doing awesome, Jordan. How are you? I'm doing really well. Um, I'm. It's the Super Bowl, as you know, this week. Uh, we've got two episodes left in our regular season schedule. Then we'll go into our um, once a month or so off-season plan for the Jordan and Jake podcast. So I know our, our listeners that enjoy us weekly are going to have to make some adjustments. But it's Super Bowl week, Jake. And I'm excited for the game. I have a first a personal situation on Sunday that is, is unique that I'll share with you. Uh, but also there's a lot of nostalgia surrounding this week for us. So I know that the, since the last time we spoke, um, Frank Reich was hired as head coach and um, there there's a, been a defensive coordinator and all that. My plan, Jake is next week post Super Bowl to kind of wrap up the season state of the Panthers and talk about all those things. And I thought we could just focus on the Super Bowl this week if you're okay with it and maybe you could refresh me a little bit on 20 years 19 years ago what happened uh the week leading up to and our game and all that thing all that kind of stuff how's that sound that sounds great and um okay. i think i remember a lot but i'm anxious because you probably gonna remember something that i totally forgot about and vice versa right so it's gonna be fun right Looking forward to it yeah exactly and for this sunday you're gonna have to be the close eyes on the game because believe it or not we I have a funeral in seattle i have to go to that's a family member that uh had anyways passed they the funeral's on super bowl sunday so the guy, the, well, he's my mom's cousin, he was a longtime coach and they wanted to like kind of have good feels with it and all that. So I'll be actually like kind of coming back during the game, believe it or not. So I'm hoping I can watch it on the game or on the airplane. So we'll see. Unique, unique Super Bowl for me. But all right, 2003, a million years ago, you and I beat the Philadelphia Eagles at Philly in the NFC Championship game. We're going to the Super Bowl. First thing I can't remember, was it the next week or was there two weeks in between? We had two weeks in between. Okay. So no Pro Bowl. This was still when the Pro Bowl was after. So we had two weeks in between. Okay. And we come back from Philly and there's a million fans at Bank of America Stadium and everybody's excited and oh my gosh, we're going to the Super Bowl. What was the what were those what was that week at home like for you? What do you remember from that, Jake? The week before we went to Houston. I, for me, it was the ticket situation because Houston's three-hour journey from my house in Louisiana to Houston, and that's what that's what it entailed. Because I remember we went in on Monday after we beat Philly on the Sunday evening, and Foxy, you know, he laid it out: "Hey, logistics, the next couple of days, get it over with. Try to get everything done." He said because this is a business trip, and that's that's. And then I want to say Ricky Pro spoke to the team and maybe Mark Fields, because they were the only two that had ever been a part of a – and Jermaine Wiggins of a Super Bowl team. And so they tried to give us the lay of the land. 
So that's what I remember that week leading up to it. Yes, we did practice some, but it was more more or less just to make sure, get your ticket situation, get your family situated, because when we get there, it's this is a business trip. That's what I recall. Okay, so let's go revisit the ticket situation. So is this correct? We we were given two like for free. Is that right? And then we Ooh, were able to buy yeah. up to fifteen. Is that right? Correct. I think that's right, Jordan. Yeah, you, you had two as a player, and then you had the opportunity to buy up to fifteen. Um, yep. And that is correct. And I was lucky enough to be able to purchase a, a great amount more. I say lucky. I remember I you were more, working but... the locker room like crazy, trying to get more tickets. Well, and you, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I got lucky. So I wanted to get a, a suite for my family. I, I just, Lauren was 13 months at the time. And, uh, and and on the plane ride back, I'll never forget from Philly, I went right to Phil Yahtzee, who was our ticket guy. I said, hey, what's the, how, I, I, doesn't, I don't care what it costs. I, I want to get a suite. And so I was able to get it. But here was the strange thing. I got a phone call the Monday morning, the following day, 13 days before the Super Bowl. And it's a guy, and he tells me his name, Philip Bruguer. I'm the minority owner of the Houston Texans. I am from nice. New, my area, from where I'm, right where I'm from. I went to USL, the college I went to. But he said, I have some tickets if you would like to purchase. So I knew, I was like, man, this guy's probably got great seats. So I was able to purchase 12 more tickets from him. And they were awesome seats, four on the 50 and eight were in like a party type suite so i was able to purchase for uh from him mr bruguer and i spoke with him briefly before the game on the field and then i end up in houston you know nine years later or whatever it may be eight years later and he's there all the time at practice because him and bob mcnair were like best of friends and he was his right hand man so yeah kind of that was very nice i do remember that so you had your 15 tickets and you had 12 from your your, yes, your that, guy from your area, and you had a suite that was 12 uh, people, 22, 15, 22, 22. 22. So yeah. quick math here is telling me that you had 49 tickets at the Super Bowl. That is, that is correct. Yes. So you must have felt real bad for if you were that 50th person on Jake's list. No, because you know, like, because if you no. invite 49 people, I mean, yeah, that's plenty of space to have like family and friends high school buddy, like you don't even have to mean that much to Jake to make it to the top 49 of his life. If you're number 50, who was is, who is that person, Jake? Well, listen, it worked out, and I'll tell you why it worked <laughs> out. I was able to get my, my high school coach, another coach that was very influential. I mean, I was able to get, um, you know, a, a lot of people that meant a lot to me along the way. And so it was, a, uh, it was definitely very nice uh, to be able to do that. Different in perspectives is me as a rookie. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Cool. I did not carpe diem that thing as like the once in a lifetime opportunity. So I just took like my family and Dana's family. And then I sold some of my other tickets or gave them to Kevin Donnelly or whoever you, I can't even remember. I should have done something more like that because now in hindsight, obviously, you know how big of a deal that was. Okay. So we get our tickets figured out. We get a week of practice and Foxy told us that like we we're going to get a lot of work here, but he said when we go to Houston, I remember like we're going to have real practices. So we practiced at the University of Houston, right, Jake? And the weather were we ever outdoors? Maybe yeah, we were outdoors, yeah. and then we were indoors some, and there was the weight room. So it was you go for a week, you know, you get there on the Sunday before, and I guess I should say when we left 
Charlotte Douglas Airport, you remember the they gave us like a ceremonial farewell as they will for a pilot's last flight before retirement. And they had the de-icing trucks shooting water or whatever, like an arc that our plane drove through before we took off. Remember that? Vividly remember that, but I think they were actually de-icing also because it was snowing the day we left, Jordan. Yeah, that's right. It was snowing. And let's say we had to be at the facility at like two o'clock. I lived in South Park, so eight miles away. I left three hours early because I'm from South Louisiana. I've never driven in snow. I am making sure I'm not missing this bus. So I left at like 11 o'clock from my apartment to make sure I could be there by two. Uh, I remember. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. We were getting all kinds of updates from Gene Brown, head of security, about guys leave early. The roads are treacherous. And I'm looking, you know, I'm from Idaho and college at Utah. I'm looking out the window. I'm like, what's he talking about? I mean, like, yeah, there's some snow. And then I remember, I, so I head to the stadium and I leave early, like he told me to. And I'm driving like fairly normal in my truck. And there's all these cars in Charlotte with their flashers on, like driving on the median, you know? I'm like, this is making it worse, people. Like, just get the thing, get where you're going, you know. So we, so we leave and we get there. Uh, the night, or the the week of practice, kind of moving along here. The week of practice was at University of Houston facilities, and I remember Foxy had us in full pads, Jake. As crazy yeah, as that sounds, we had two days of like we did yeah. one on ones. We did half. We did all the fixings leading up to it that was- game. I think in a word, our practices were chippy. I mean, it was, everybody was, was everybody was ticked off. I, it's just like, we were almost over ready, it seemed like, because we practiced in Charlotte leading up to it. And you know, Dan Henning, that's what made Dan so great. He didn't Offensive chase coordinator ghosts. at the time. Right? Yeah, offensive coordinator. You know, you hear about chasing ghosts. Uh, coaches give too much time, so they start, okay, what if they do this? Well, coach, they've never, ever, ever shown that. Yeah, but what if? So Dan didn't. Dan never chased ghosts, and I always remember he would talk about the Patriots, and he'd refer to Belichick as Little Billy, because he was with Belichick for numerous years, <laughs> being on the staff with Bill Parcells, and he referred to him the whole time. Little Billy's going to be telling them this, and Little Billy's going to be telling them that, and that's. I think he did it uh, for us mentally because Belichick was known as this mastermind guru and whatnot, and that was just his way of telling us. Little Billy, little Billy. I do remember that vividly. Yeah, I, I agree. And every time I just would giggle. And so mission accomplished, I guess, right? Trying to keep it light. No, I, I forgot, I'd forgotten about that. You're right. So we're practicing at Houston. I remember on the Monday night, I think we got there on a Sunday. Monday night, some of you veteran guys, Rodney Pete, Winky, I remember Willig was there, Ricky Prohl. You guys organized. Do you remember? I think you came with, you came, right? On the, he, they oh, rented yes. a limo. And they're like, we're gonna go out, we're gonna go out to dinner and have a nice time. And you guys invited me, the rookie, right? So I remember, like, oh man, this is a big deal. We're going to this. We're at Super Bowl week. This is gonna be something crazy. And I've lived a very safe and ordinary life outside of football, you know. And I'm thinking, and I think well, you, since you were there, I, I was, and Ricky Prohl, I was thinking, all right, this is gonna be safe. I'll go. I remember we went like to dinner or something. Then we went to like a sports bar or and whatever and no, we, I we were, it was like no, completely we to, dead we, it was dead we went to a we went to a bar a cold front had come in it's the monday night and there was it is like 30 degrees and when it's 30 degrees in the south that's usually a front has come through and there's a 15 20 mile north wind and it feels awful 
And we went to a bar called the Red Door because it had a okay. red door. And we it was strictly us. And we probably had one of the <laughs> best times right. of our life because it was just us. It was no one else. And yep. we might have had a cocktail or two because the next morning was was media. Uh, and that's yep. what it, we didn't practice because we had practice that Monday afternoon. So yeah, I, that was a that was a very very good and fun night. I do remember that. I remember. Yeah, that's exactly right, Jake. Because when we got there, I was like, "Oh, thank God, it's just us." You know, I was thinking like, "What am I going to get myself into here?" Or whatever. Yeah, exactly right. Just us hanging out as we would have at your house that year, or whatever. So, not not a whole lot of other fa- uh, uh, team things that we did you know, independent of the schedule that week, but media day was a big day. And now it's like opening night and it's even bigger. When we had our media day, like, as you just said, it was at the, on the field of the stadium at Reliant stadium. It was Reliant at that time. Remember when and you guys were up, it was just, it was a different vibe. It was on the grass. I remember thinking same thing. Like, this is kind of odd. We're here on the field was, doing this thing, but you, you had a lot more to do that day than I did. It was very odd. And that day was a Christmas day for two guys on our football team. Rod, he hate me smart and Jerry Cooper. They relished media day like no other. They decided they were going to take over Media Day, and they certainly did because those two guys are two characters. And so I do remember that uh, it was it was all about them, to be quite honest. Yeah, exactly right, and for good reason. I mean, those two characters deserve to be in front of cameras. I, me, and like Doug Brzezinski and some of the other low level linemen, we just kind of walked around and were like listening to the interviews. Is standing in the crowd. <laughs> we had no, in our uniforms. That was the best too. Just like in our uniforms, just hanging out for a couple hours. But we did get we did get a cool photo of me, Steve Smith, Mike McCoy, and Kevin Dyson, all four Utes together Utes, on the Super Bowl field, it. which was a that was a good day. Okay, so we moved through the week, Jake. It's the night before the game. All right, we've been staying in our team hotel in Houston. There was a lot of noise, and our families were staying there and everything. Coach Fox did what a lot of coaches have done in the past. He wanted to take us to a secret location. You tell the story. And it was very secret. I think we went about 45 <laughs> minutes southwest of Houston, 45 minutes to an hour. I don't even know what town. But we're going out, and it's in the sticks. And I'm, we're on the bus, and I think we're all like, "What? where are we going? And I do remember, and I don't know if you remember but, this. Well, Jake, some- let me stop you, though. What's the point of the relocation supposed to be? Just to get away, to have, like, no distractions. That's the point. The night before the game. Okay, all right. Yep, the it. night before the Good. game. So we're going yep. okay, down, go and um, we end up at this – they said we're going to a resort. Well, it looked like a resort from, like – it seemed like it could have been in a um, – a Clark Griswold movie. Yeah, That's John the type Candy, of resort. something it's, like that. Yes, yeah. it seemed like one of those – it was an older place, and – and I remember everybody was like, where are we at? And it was like these little huts. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to say huts, uh, little condos. And like they had four guys to a room and, and everybody was laughing. And Brandon Bean, general manager of the Buffalo Bills, was in charge of this. And Bean is just like, he's panicking because the players are kind of complaining. And it's just, you know, we're being players. Well, then Foxy, we have a little dinner. He rips us a new one about, you know, you better respect where you're at and things like that. So he rips us once. So we're like, what is going on here, man? We're just, 
But honestly, it was great because it was so quiet. There was no one around, no distraction. And I know I had a great night's sleep, and it was myself, Ricky Pro, Chris Winky, and uh, Rodney Pete. That was our uh, – it was us four in, in our little bungalow, so to speak. I ended up sleeping on t- on the couch of Todd Stussy's. He had his own room, and I slept on the couch because my room had, like, a big old pee stain on it, I remember, on my bed. <laughs> <laughs> That I thought was a piece stage. So I slept on a couch the night before the Super Bowl. How about that? The funniest uh, thing I remember about that stop off, though, Jake, was they get remember that it was like the villa. I'm gonna call them villas. Our villas were dispersed throughout the property, so we had golf carts to get there. And I don't care how rich and famous a football player is, the minute you give them a golf cart, it just turns into bumper cars. And- <laughs> So they, it was like a shotgun start at a drunken golf tournament where they gave us our room keys and we put our bags on these golf carts and it was like, go. And I just remember everybody's driving like over the grass and ramming into each other. I was, just like, I was thinking, oh my God, nothing changes. Like this is the same it would have been if we were 14 years old, you know. <laughs> so, and the last right, so, thing, the last thing we would need is Chris Jenkins on a golf cart. If anybody remembered exactly. our all-pro defensive lineman, Chris exactly. Jenkins did not need to be be on, be on a golf cart. Right. So we get out. We finally get to bed, and we're focused on the game. And Coach Fox lit lit into us that he saw we were distracted, and his Foxy didn't mix words. He let us know it was time to focus in in a speech that was rid, riddled with explicit language and, and really got us straightened out. You know, we're having fun with kind of how we were feeling, how much, how goofy the situation was. By the time I got to team meetings that night, we were dialed in and it ended up being a good move for us because it did kind of snap us into shape, you know, so to speak. So game day, Jake, long bus ride in, as you just alluded to 45 minutes out of town, called an hour for us to get to the stadium. That was, a, I, I have a lot of memories of that drive in and just kind of going, okay, well, today I'm playing in the Super Bowl. You know, it was such a surreal moment. And then as you drive to the stadium, that's always a cool part of the, of the away game experience is when you can see the bus, the bus sees the stadium and you're getting closer, but pulling up to the Super Bowl, man, that's a whole different, a whole different thing. And I can't imagine what it was like being the starting quarterback in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Jordan, I, I usually get pretty quiet uh, leading up to a game, uh, you know, for whatever reason, that's just kind of, I would focus in and that, that ride was, that ride was awesome. That was one where you're just deep in your thoughts. And I know for me, it's just kind of not overthinking, just kind of, hey, in, enjoying this and driving up to the stadium, the lines of security and you, 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 you go right in and um, you just know the world's watching. And um, it was, uh, you get in the locker room and then, I, I, and if, I don't know if you recall this. So 53 guys on the roster, 45 dress on game day, right? So there were eight guys that did not get a uniform. Well, Fox, asked, Coach Fox asked the NFL, can my eight guys that are inactive, can they at least wear their uniform and, and stretch and warm up with the team? And they allowed them to, which I thought was a great move by, by Fox. Well, Marco Battaglia, I don't know if you recall him. <laughs> he was a tight a tight end that we signed late in the season because Mike Seidman tore his ACL. So we signed yep. Marco in year seven or year eight from Rutgers, deep Jersey accent, typical New Yorker. He was hilarious. Well, he was an active, but he got to dress out for uh, the warm-ups. 
So we're doing pat and go, which is a drill where all the receivers are on like the right or left-hand side of the quarterback, and they just run down the field, and you just kind of throw an easy fade just to kind of slowly get loose. Well, Marco looks at me, and he goes, hey, overthrow me. And I said, do what? Overthrow <laughs> me. I said, why? He said, because I'm diving. I am getting grass stains on my uniform. So sure enough, I just overthrow him. He runs full speed and dives. The ball's not anywhere near him, and he just slides, and he has grass stains. And it's like he had tears in his eyes. It was one of the greatest moments of my life. I never, I will never <laughs> forget that. I ready to play one of the biggest games of our lives, and Marco Battaglia wanted to make sure he had grass stains on his uniform. Well, that's what's so cool about a football team, Jake, is you've got Tom Brady on one side of the ball on the field warming up, and then you got Battaglia on the other side that all he cares about is some Super Bowl grass stain on his jersey to tell his kids about someday. You know, there's such a spectrum of guys and experiences in a moment like that, and you wonder about all the little side stories that will be happening this Sunday you know, similar circumstances or what's going on this week. But all right, now it's time to play the game, Jake. It, it started Jordan. slow. It went down to the wire at the end. Uh, take it away. I'll fill in what I can well, recall. Well, I just know, you know, Ricky Prohl and him telling us leading up, and he goes, hey, when you go to warm up, I'm just telling you, you're going to have to tell yourself in your mind, slow the bleep down. He said, because you're going to be going a million miles an hour. He said, emotionally, you got to stay a certain level. And sure enough, when I went out to warm up, this was before we went out in full uniform. I used to go out, just throw a little bit. And it would take me a little bit to get juiced up. Well, the first throw was like, okay, this is what he means. I just knew this is different. So warm up, go back in. And then when we were coming out as a team, to warm, we warmed up. But Jordan, when we were coming out to be introduced, I remember sitting, we're in the tunnel, and I could just feel the emotions. And, like, I'm watching grown men cry. I I mean, everybody was just so emotionally, just so high. And when they opened up, it was like two big doors just kind of swung open. And we came out. I don't remember what I did. I don't know if I skipped, like, a little school kid or what. It was just like you're floating on air. And then, gosh, who sang the national anthem? Was it Beyonce? That sang the national anthem or Toby Keith? Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, whatever. And I'm trying to, as we're, you know, guys sway during the national anthem. If you notice, they'll sway left and right. And that's just the nervous energy making your body go in one direction. And I'm trying not to get emotional, but I can just sense it. I can feel it coming over me because you just, all your feelings are just coming. And I look to my left and there's Steve Smith. And I see him crying like a baby. When I saw him crying like a baby, I couldn't hold it anymore. Tears, I just had to kind of hide. My tears were coming down. Just so ready to get started and play. No, you're exactly right. And then I remember in the opening kickoff, just all the camera. It was cameras then. There were cell phones there, but there was cameras then. And then everybody flashing, you know, the, the, the flashing of the 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 flash i guess when that ball got kicked i remember looking for it because you've seen it so many times on video you know yeah no it was a um yeah it was awesome but jordan it it seemed to me that it was boom kickoff and then next thing you know it's halftime long halftime 45 minutes a lot longer and then second half game over it seemed like it flew by um and you, we just remembered at half before we came out words spread like wildfire in the locker room that the uh, Janet Jackson wardrobe malfunction with Justin Timberlake. Right. We knew before we got out right. on the field that that's what happened. And I don't know if you recall the start of the second half, 
is when the streaker came from out the stands, dressed in the football Wait, uniform, what? a referee uniform. Yeah, he had like an advertisement for Golden Palace yeah, but he or was, some betting thing on yeah, his back. But, yeah, dressed like a ref. Right. Yeah, and he gave the football. I don't remember if John was kicking off or if it was uh, Vinatieri, and then ripped his pants and his top off, and he yep. takes off running. And I think it was either Carl Hankton or the other special teams demon from uh, New England just leveled the guy. So it was yep. just some crazy things that happened. It was it was Beyonce that sang the national anthem, and you know there's a lot of activity and memory crammed into one tiny moment. If you can't for sure remember if Beyonce sang a song in front of you, well, you know what Toby I mean. Like Keith we're like, sang, I think it was yeah, Beyonce, but right. you know, I, it was like Josh Groban sang at one point, then Toby Keith and Beyonce, and you're just Aerosmith kinda, you're was trying a to get... part of it too. Oh remember, gosh. Aerosmith did something pregame. Yeah, I mean, wow. it was star studded. Yeah. Anyways, it came down to the end, and everyone knows what happened. But I, well, I, I just can't believe the the amount of memories and how even with a loss which hurts like crazy still and I, and I have our NFC championship ring when you win you know everybody gets a super bowl ring when you lose you get an NFC championship ring which i've literally worn like 3 times in my whole life right it's yeah. not as cool as the Super Bowl ring. And it's in my office sitting on the shelf and every time i see it i really do think oh, that's pretty cool That'd be really cool if it was a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> so at the end of the game this weekend, you know, from the, from 30,000 feet in the air as I'm watching it, it's like, man, you've got just so much relation to the guys on that field. And what a wonderful time, man. And I'm glad that you your recall is great for me on that because there's a lot of stuff that you brought up that I couldn't remember. Yeah, Jordan, I'm like you. I always uh, get the good, you know, get the good feeling uh, weekly into the Super Bowl and you, you think of the good times, and yes, we came out second in the game. We lost to damn Tom Brady and Adam Vinatieri field goal. But you know what? Uh, that run, I think you, you just go back to the players and the coaches and the guys and the trainers and the equipment managers and how much fun we had. And uh, that's the thing that you always um, kind of go back on is the memories. And it was um, it was awesome, man. It was awesome. It was tough sledding early on, uh, make – kind of broke their armor a little bit and then tough sledding and then we broke it again in the fourth quarter and just uh came up a little short yeah we sure did well it's been fun talking about it jake uh before we go the chiefs it's not the panthers and the patriots this sunday it's the chiefs and the eagles who we picking jordan i'm going with patrick mahomes i think philadelphia is the better football team i think they have more depth more talent overall uh but it's hard for me to go against Mahomes, uh, I just I think it's very similar to San Francisco and uh, Kansas City a few years back. Um, and I thought San Fran was the better team, and Mahomes made more plays with seven minutes left to go in the game than the other team. So, uh, if I have to go with somebody, I'm going with the unicorn, and that's Patrick Mahomes. You have to, and I also am going to hitch a ride on the unicorn because I just think the Chiefs are fun to watch, and I I'm a big fan of Andy Reid. So, go Chiefs for me this week, and we'll see what happens next week. We'll kind of do a season wrap up, state of the Panthers, talk about how the staff's coming together free agents, all that stuff, Jake. But in, until then, man, enjoy the game, enjoy the nostalgia, and have fun uh, at home watching the Super Bowl. This is the Jordan and Jake podcast, and we are powered by Ortho Carolina. When it comes to your orthopedic care, choose better by choosing Ortho Carolina. With over 40 locations throughout the Carolinas, you're never far from one of the nation's leading providers of care for joints, muscles, and other orthopedic injuries. When things look bad, it's important to know you have a choice, but there's only one better choice, Ortho Carolina. 
official team position of the Carolina Panthers. All right, Jake, be good. Take care. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.